I Lived with a Killer is part of the Real Crime Collection in the Reels Files on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to get new episodes each Thursday. Then, go to Reels.com to find chilling programs like this when you watch TV. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com for the real crime series and specials you'll find only on Reels Channel. Drew Peterson is a notorious household name. Wait a second, is this guy killing his wives? It became a story that people couldn't get enough of. His son, Stephen, believes his father is a stand-up guy. Never in a million years did I think, oh, maybe my dad had something to do with this. But when wife number three dies under mysterious circumstances... She told her sisters that she feared he would kill her and make it look like an accident. And wife number four disappears without a trace... They did a massive search for Stacy, and they can't find her. Drew Peterson's children are forced to face the horrible truth. Anytime something major like this happens, you know, the first stage is denial. You can't expect ever that your family member would be capable of murder. In 2007, small-town cop Drew Peterson becomes a media sensation under suspicion when his young trophy wife goes missing, Drew thrusts himself into the national spotlight to defend what he insists is his good name. I understand very well. I mean, the media's done everything they can to keep me in a position looking guilty. All the while dragging his family along with him. When the truth is finally exposed, it's worse than anyone even imagined. And his son, Stephen, is left to pick up the broken pieces. Stephen Peterson knows his father, Drew, better than anyone. My dad was always there for us, you know. He, on the weekends, he'd take us fishing, take us camping a lot, you know, taught us how to ride our bikes. He got us BB guns at an early age, so he taught us how to shoot those. Just, you know, typical father stuff. He was, he was pretty hands-on. The second of Drew's six children from his multiple marriages, Stephen looks up to his father. My father was a police officer in Bolingbrook, Illinois. He did everything from the undercover man's unit to patrol, and then eventually became a sergeant. When I told my dad that I was going to become a police officer, he was very excited. But good guy Drew has a dark side. On the evening of February 28, 2004, he breaks his oath to protect. Just down the street from the Peterson household, 40-year-old Kathleen Savio gets ready for bed. Beth Terrace, legal analyst. Kathleen Savio was Drew Peterson's third wife. She had two children with him, two sons. She and Drew had finalized a very bitter divorce. The kids were living with her, Thomas and Christopher. But Drew had visitation every other weekend. With her children away at their father's, Kathleen is alone in the house on a Saturday night. Kathleen was studying nursing. She really wanted to be a nurse, and she was on her way to getting a degree. She was ready to start a new life.
Moments after murdering his ex-wife, Drew returns home to his fourth wife, Stacy Peterson, and crawls into bed. The next evening, Drew Peterson goes through the motion of returning the kids to Kathleen's house, but there is no answer. So they spent another night with him. Drew went back the next day. And that's when he got the locksmith to open the door and the neighbors to come over and take a look inside the house. Upstairs, the neighbor makes a horrific discovery. <coughs> Kathleen Savio lies lifeless in her bathtub. It appeared that Kathleen was taking a bath and may have slipped and hit her head and become unconscious and drown in the bathtub. Across town, Drew's son Stephen has no idea that something tragic has happened in his family. I was at my friend's house. We used to get together and play cards, play dominoes, that kind of thing. And I get a call from my dad. And he says, Kathy died. You need to come home, be with the family. I instantly went to shot. I couldn't believe it. So I raced home, got pulled over on the way. When Stephen arrives home, he's met by his father, Drew, and Drew's current wife, 21-year-old Stacy. I get home, and my dad and Stacy are in the kitchen, and he explained to me that he tried to bring the kids home after a weekend, and nobody answered the door, and that she slipped and fell in the bathtub, hit her head, and she drowned. And it was just a total freak accident. When my dad told me what was going on, you know, you could see he was upset. You know, he generally looked upset. Tom and Chris were asleep at the time. So, like everybody, my first reaction was, those poor kids, oh my God, the, my little brothers, their mom is now dead. How are we going to tell those kids? Because this is awful. No one in the Peterson family suspects foul play. But Stephen knows that his father has a troubled history with the women in his life. The marriage between my mom and my father ended because my mother found out he was having an affair. So our first stepmother came into the picture, and then as time went on, it became, oh, she's horrible, and, you know, she's doing this and stealing from me. And, but, of course, we know. I mean, looking back now, you can, you know, that wasn't the case. It was, it was a divorce, and he cheated on her, too. I guess her 10 years were up, and he had another affair with, with Kathleen, you know, and... Here comes our next stepmother. At one point, my dad and Kathy have my two little brothers. So that's when I think things kind of changed for us, just the whole dynamics of the family. Young Stephen bonds with his new brothers while dad grows distant. Well, he would give us guilt trips, and he makes us feel bad when we say we wanted to go do this or that. So then we would go out there on the weekends, and, well, me and Kathy are going out. That's what we were told. You're going to watch the kids. So I became the babysitter a lot. Over time, the relationship between Drew and Kathleen becomes hostile. They'd butt heads over even stupid things they'd butt heads over, and that escalated things to, to where they were fighting. 
My dad owned a bar. When they got married, it became Kathy and my dad's bar. So one night, there was a huge fight between my dad and Kathy. My dad's working the police job, and Kathy was at the bar. She was supposed to close it down. Kathy decided to come home early because she missed her, missed her kid. Uh, my dad did not trust anybody with his money. His money was everything to him. So when Kathy came home and he came home, all hell broke loose. Me and my older brother were babysitting Tom, who was just you know, a newborn at that time. And we were all in bed. And we got woken up to what sounded like a train coming through the house. And he was, what sounded like he was losing his mind, going from room to room. There was glass breaking, there was tables getting flipped over. It was just a constant screaming, both ends. During that fight, my first instinct was to go get Tom out of his crib. And we brought him in the bed with me, um, in my bedroom with me and my brother. Police arrive at the house, but no charges are filed. This is my dad's town, so obviously there's going to be no... And again, I don't know if there was any physical or anything worth getting arrested for in the case of what the case was. Drew Peterson knows how to manipulate the system to his advantage. On March 1st, 2004, investigators examined the site of Kathleen Savio's death. The Will County Coroner's Office completes an autopsy on her body three weeks later. Steve Greenberg, Drew Peterson's defense attorney. Initially, when Kathleen Savio died, the coroner's office uh, reviewed it and decided that she had drowned. She was lying in the bathtub. She had a cut to the back of her head from when she had fallen. A coroner's inquest is performed due to the unusual nature of Kathleen's death. Under Illinois law, at the time Kathleen died, a coroner's jury had to sit and hear evidence in what's considered an unnatural death. So a healthy woman dying in her bathtub at home by what appeared to be a slip and fall was considered unnatural. No one suspects Kathleen's ex-husband, Drew Peterson. He has an alibi, his young wife, Stacy. The police came and sat down with Stacy and Drew and they interviewed them together. And Stacy told the police that Drew had been home on the night of Kathleen's death. All night? Yes, sir. At the time, everybody accepted that it was a freak accident, and, you know, that's what happened. And honestly, I, I didn't even give it a second thought. You know, never, never in a million years did I think, oh, maybe my dad had something to do with this or anything like that. At the coroner's inquest, an Illinois state police officer who had investigated the case, a seasoned detective, testified that, in his opinion, there was no evidence of foul play, and it was an accident. After only two hours of deliberation, the coroner's jury reaches a verdict. Kathleen's death is ruled accidental. No charges are filed. For the moment, Drew Peterson has gotten away with murder. But all that changes when Stacy Peterson disappears. This is a guy whose third wife died in a bathtub, a healthy woman with no known medical problems. And now another wife is missing. Hmm, is this guy killing his wives?
months after finalizing a bitter divorce, Drew Peterson's ex-wife Kathleen Savio is found dead in her bathtub. Drew's son Stephen hears the terrible news from his father. When my dad told me what was going on, you know, you could see he was upset. You know, he generally, generally looked upset. At the coroner's inquest, an Illinois state police officer who had investigated the case, a seasoned detective, testified that, in his opinion, there was no evidence of foul play and it was an accident. With Kathleen dead, Drew's 21-year-old wife, Stacy, suddenly finds herself the mother of four young children. It seems that as Drew Peterson got older and took on yet another wife, the wives got younger. By the time he met Stacy, there was a 30-year difference. My dad told me that he was seeing someone else and that she was a little younger than him. Okay, didn't really say how young or you know how old she was, anything like that. He says, I have an apartment for her across town. Um, come by and let's meet her. First impression was I was in shock. You know, I couldn't believe that she was younger than me. You know, I was only 21, 22 at the time, and she was 18, you know, so that was, that was a pretty big shock. It was a lot to handle, actually. So when he's 48 and she's 18, one, it didn't look right, and two, morally, it was probably not right. You know, I definitely didn't agree with it. Like 1999's American Beauty, the age difference between Drew and Stacy is disturbing. Finally, someone in the community sent an anonymous letter to Kathleen alerting her that her husband was seeing this teenager. Drew and Kathleen divorce, and despite the age difference, Stacy and Drew marry within days. It was a pattern with Drew Peterson. I mean, he ends one marriage and starts another, and the new marriage starts out on a good foot, and it did with Stacy. I mean, they enjoyed each other's company. They traveled. He bought her things. Within two years, Drew and his young bride have two children of their own. Even though there was an age gap, it was a normal relationship. There was happiness in the home. We had parties. Everything was just normal. As, weird, as much as it doesn't make sense for that relationship to be normal, it was. But Drew's marriage with Stacy mirrors his past relationships. The honeymoon phase is quickly followed by marital turmoil. Stacy kind of confided in my wife that things weren't so great. You know, she was fighting with my dad all the time. She wanted to move out. What are you doing? Just Drew Peterson was so controlling of Stacy. He would monitor her telephone. You can't tell me. He wanted to know where she was at all times. He would stalk her and follow her. I mean, he was extremely jealous of her, accuse her of doing things she wasn't doing. On Sunday, October 28, 2007, three and a half years after Kathleen Savio was found dead in her bathtub, Drew Peterson's fourth wife, Stacy Peterson, goes missing. After Stacy went missing, her sister, when she couldn't locate her, did file a missing persons report, and the Bolingbrook police then turned the investigation over to the state police. Drew Peterson was a Bolingbroke police officer at the time Stacy went missing, so it wouldn't have been appropriate for them to investigate. Anytime someone goes missing and they're a spouse, the logical 
person to look at is the other spouse, especially when there's no other reason to believe anyone else would want this person missing. I saw her. My dad told me Stacy left him for another guy, and she was going to go on a vacation, and she'd be back and to deal with him when she got back. She'd deal with it. When he told me that, you know, she left him, your first reaction is, okay, well, about time. You know, it wasn't shocking. It wasn't a surprise. Everybody in the family knew that it was coming. But state investigators find Drew's story suspicious. Stacy Peterson was a very young mother, but she was a great mother, and she doted on her own two children and Thomas and Chris, Kathleen's two children like her own. She never would have abandoned those four children. Investigators take a closer look into Drew's past and find that he has a history of deception. In 1978, Drew was assigned to the Metropolitan Area Narcotics Squad. Undercover work requires a special kind of person, somebody who can carry on a con, be another person, be deceitful, because that's what you're doing. You've taken on a new identity, and you're making others believe that you are someone you're not. He assisted with other agencies and was basically, had to be a totally different person. And he's actually really good at it. While working undercover, Peterson shows a dark side. He kind of went rogue and he became a bad cop. He became a dirty cop. He started taking bribes. He started doing things that his superiors did not know about. That got him in trouble. After working seven years undercover, Drew Peterson is fired from the Bolingbroke PD. During that time, I remember, you know, we, we had to go move. He lost his house. He had to go, we had to go live with my grandparents. And then eventually he ended up winning his job back. Well, Drew Peterson knows the system, and he knows what it takes to prove allegations. And there just wasn't enough proof. Now that his fourth wife has disappeared, Drew is prepared to face the scrutiny. The police obtained a search warrant for Drew Peterson's house, but he got tipped off about it. Drew Peterson's friends at the police department warn him that detectives are on their way to his door, so he takes action. He showed up at my house, and he had three rifles. And he told me, you know, these are, these are my favorites. Now that she's reported as a missing person, they're going to come search the house. He didn't want anything to happen to these guns. Drew also writes his son a check for approximately $200,000, drawn from a line of credit. Once they did a search warrant of his house, is when he called me up and said, go deposit it, you know, put it in your account. And it happens to me. Use that to raise the kids. He put Stephen in a very bad position because... Arguably, he was starting to bring Stephen into his little criminal circle. If Drew did kill Stacy, then Stephen could be implicated as an accessory to murder. Never thought twice about it. Never thought it was anything shady. Looking back, I know that he was probably preparing for his, if he were to get arrested, for bail money. You know, because now we could, you know, if there's a certain amount, we could, we could post that bail now. So did I felt lied to a little bit? Maybe. You know, I feel like I was kind of thrown into there a little bit now. Um, but at the time, it was just, you know, you're thinking, just, it's there to raise, you know, to raise us. Stephen may believe in his father, 
but Drew Peterson is about to destroy his family, incite a media circus, and expose a brutal murder. After Stacy disappeared, law enforcement took another look at Kathleen's death three and a half years earlier, and they became very concerned. If you like what you're hearing, check out the Real Crime TV series on Reels Channel. You'll find true stories of capital offenders brought to justice, like Chris Watts, the Colorado killer dad, the Turpins, whose children grew up in a real-life house of horrors, and a new report on the disappearance of Natalie Holloway. Reels is your go-to for updates on unsolved murders and insights on the minds of serial killers. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Then check the top of the screen to find Reels in your area. When Drew Peterson falls under police suspicion in the 2007 disappearance of his young wife, Stacy, he turns to his son, Stephen, for help. He showed up at my house, and he had three rifles. And he told me, you know, these are, these are my favorites. Drew Peterson, I think, reasonably suspected they were coming to check his house with a search warrant and thought that they would take his weapons, that he had lawful weapons. So he gave the weapons to his son. Investigators execute a search warrant of Drew Peterson's home and discover ammunition for rifles that are nowhere to be found. Drew admits the rifles are at his son Stephen's house. Investigators want the firearms taken into evidence, so they reach out to Stephen. They called me up and said, hey, could you come in on Friday, interview with us, and bring those guns? Sure, absolutely. I answered every question they had, and it, you know, kind of left the meeting. You know, like everything was fine. But Drew's actions cast a shadow over his son. I would definitely think my dad would never put me in any position where it would ruin my life in, in any way. But people kind of looked at me like I was hiding something or I was, you know, helping him out. Stephen struggles with the accusations that are being leveled against his father. Anytime something major like this happens, you know, the first stage is denial that you can't expect ever that your family member would be capable of murder. You just thought Stacy was gone, she left him. And eventually things would work out and play out and you know we'd be back to normal eventually. But as time goes on, the investigation into Stacy's disappearance hits a dead end. They did a massive search for Stacy and they can't find her. So they can't say for sure that she's deceased or if she just ran away somewhere. With suspicion against Drew mounting, the family of Drew's third wife, Kathleen, pressures the authorities to revisit her death from three years earlier. I knew that he killed her, and I wasn't going to ever let go. I was there from the beginning for my sister, and I'm here to the end. The state attorney said, I'm going to take another look at Kathleen's death. He wasn't in office at the time she died. And so that's what they did. And they found some surprising things about Kathleen's death that were overlooked before. The state's attorney in uh, the prosecution for Kathleen's death had a theory that the Illinois State Police had not done their job properly, so they had missed evidence. One revealing issue is the unsettled nature of Drew and Kathleen's divorce. 
Kathleen Savio was Drew Peterson's third wife, so that was his third divorce and the second involving children. Christmas. Say it's 1996. And it's Christmas. Chris is two, and Tommy's gonna be four. And mommy's how old? She and Drew still had to finalize the financial distribution of the property. A divorce wasn't finalized, but they were able to get what's called a bifurcated divorce. Now that is, they are legally divorced, but the property has not been settled. Mommy, I've never seen you more radiant. Mommy, I love you. It's a miracle we made it this way. I love you, Mommy. An unhappy Drew stands to lose a lot to his ex-wife. So it appeared that Kathleen was going to get custody of the boys, the house, half of Drew's pension, and also half of other businesses that they had on the side. Kathleen knows she has a target on her back. She told her sisters that she feared he would kill her and make it look like an accident, that she would never live to see everything finalized in their divorce. After Kathleen dies, the finances are settled in Drew's favor. Two weeks after Kathleen died, Drew produced a will, a handwritten will that he said was Kathleen's, and it was dated from the late 1990s. Now, Kathleen, mind you, had told people more than one that she didn't have a will, but Drew's like, yeah, she did. Drew was going to lose a lot if they had actually gone through with the property settlement aspect of the divorce, but with her dead and with this will he produced, He got it all. Investigators also review the alibi Drew provided for the night of Kathleen's death. In an unusual move, the police talk to Stacy at home and allow Drew to be present for the interview. That is not protocol. You talk to people individually. Drew sat right next to her, even answering some of the questions himself. I can't emphasize enough how inappropriate that was. A review of the forensic evidence is also revealing. Because Kathleen's death was deemed accidental, and at the time, police didn't really see signs of foul play, they didn't treat the scene like a crime. I mean, it wasn't secured. Drew Peterson was allowed to walk through the area. Not enough photos were taken. It wasn't preserved and processed like a crime scene. So vital evidence, arguably, was lost. Investigators make the shocking decision to exhume Kathleen's body. For them to dig it up, obviously it was getting serious. But again, you still never thought anything was going to come of it. When Drew Peterson learns police are about to dig up his ex-wife, he appears unfazed. My dad never expressed concern about the Kathy case. Through the whole thing, he was never, never seemed worried. You know, never really seemed concerned. It was always very confident that everything was just going to blow over and life was going to go back to normal. I think the authorities decided to exhume Kathleen because there was so much media attention that they felt like they had to go reinvestigate. While investigators wait for new autopsy results, the media swarms Drew Peterson's house. One morning that week, I was laying in bed. And I get a call from a friend, and he says, hey, is that your dad on TV? Hold on a second. Flip it on, sure enough, they're camped out in front of his house. You know, it was was just nonstop after that. You know, it was like 
Every news cycle, there was some story about him, which sparked my dad to feel the need to defend himself on national TV. I understand very well. I mean, the media has done everything they can to keep me in a position looking guilty. Drew Peterson went from somebody who we were talking about, but we weren't hearing from, to a man who was in front of the cameras constantly. Generators would start at like 5 in the morning in front of his house, and they would go all the way until about 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. And it was like that nonstop. So you couldn't really go visit him without a swarm of reporters and cameras. He seemed to revel in the attention. It seemed like he liked being on the radio and on TV, and he didn't shy away from any cameras. My father definitely reached celebrity status, and even more so in his own mind. He was on every news station, he was in every newspaper, every magazine. It was everywhere, 24-7. While Drew Peterson relishes the media spotlight, the attention has a devastating effect on the rest of the family. My little brother and sister had to deal with so much because little you know, grade schoolers, they don't have that filter to turn it off, and they, they didn't know, I don't think they realized, realized what they were saying. You know, they would pick on them at school, they would say, your daddy killed your mom, all the time. And I did try to protect them from a lot of things. Stephen's life is thrown into turmoil. I lost my job over this. And I was kind of thrown into the whole mix, like, because I wouldn't tell my story to anybody, people kind of looked at me like I was hiding something or I was, you know, helping him out. My former chief at the time decided to bring internal charges, not criminal charges, but internal charges for work, saying that I impeded the investigation. Obviously, none of that ever happened, but I lost my job because of it. Everything just kind of snowballed, just kind of fell apart. It was a lot to take. It was very stressful. Developed severe anxiety. You know, even leaving the house was a was a struggle. So yeah, I mean, I started you know using uh, anxiety medication and drinking with that, and drinking a lot. You neglect your wife. You neglect your family. Looking back, it was probably the biggest mistake of my life. You know, just taking her for granted, taking you know, not handling the situation. Be honest, I'm surprised I'm still here. You know, there's times where you just want to give up. While Stephen's life falls apart, investigators complete their re-examination of Kathleen Savio's body. And the results change everything. Stephen Peterson is shocked when suspicion falls on his father, Drew, in the 2004 death of Drew's ex-wife, Kathleen Savio. Next thing you know, they're exhuming Kathy's body. They're really looking at it now. You know, they, for them to dig it up and all that kind of stuff, it was obviously it was getting serious. When the new autopsy is complete, the results are telling. At that autopsy, it was learned that she had a lot of bruises on her, and they weren't old bruises. They were more consistent with being recent, close in time to her death, including the laceration on the back of her head. So the conclusion was that she died from a homicide, death at the hands of another. Will County State Police arrest Drew Peterson for Kathleen's murder and hold him on a $20 million bond? Stephen takes in his four young siblings as turmoil engulfs their family. 
At this point, my dad was arrested. I had a newborn. Now I have four more kids. I'm losing my job. Everything just kind of snowballed, just kind of fell apart. With Drew incarcerated awaiting trial, the media attention continues. The film Drew Peterson Untouchable is produced, airing six months before proceedings begin. As the trial finally gets underway, Stephen stands by his father. Never in a million years did I think he was going to be convicted for murdering Kathy. You know, I thought they were grasping at straws. There was no evidence whatsoever. They couldn't point to when it happened, how it happened, who did it. You know, they couldn't link him to it. So for all that time, you just, you know, this is going to blow over. The state of Illinois believes they have evidence proving that Kathleen's death was a homicide and that Drew Peterson had a financial motive. But there's a hole in the prosecution's case. They had no evidence that Drew Peterson had done anything. They had no physical evidence at all. The prosecution's case is further weakened because Drew Peterson's fourth wife, Stacy, gave him an alibi at the time of Kathleen's death. Go ahead, tell him, honey. When Stacy was interviewed by the police, Drew made sure she was his alibi for that night because he sat right next to her during that interview. Now, Stacy's disappearance makes it impossible to refute her claim. Until a new witness steps forward, Stacy's minister, Reverend Neil Shorey. Reverend Shorey had been providing marital counseling to Drew and Stacy and met with Stacy individually at a coffee shop in Bolingbrook. He said that she had confided in him that she had lied to the police. Reverend Shorey told the police that about two months before she disappeared, Stacy met with him and told him that Drew killed Kathleen. Reverend Shorey did not report what Stacy told him to the authorities because she didn't want him to. She feared for her life, and he didn't want to endanger her. The Reverend's powerful testimony comes with a catch. It's hearsay, and therefore inadmissible. But a new hearsay law enacted in the wake of Stacy's disappearance might give prosecutors the ammunition they need. Named after Drew Peterson, it is dubbed Drew's Law. So they passed Drew's Law so they could prosecute Drew Peterson so they could get in certain evidence. Drew's Law was, I felt, was dangerous, you know. You can't change the law just to get one person because it's going to open up a lot of floodgates and have a lot of, it could... Anybody could say anything about anybody, and now they're going to let it in. You know, that was scary. With third-party witness statements now permissible, Reverend Shorey is called to testify for the prosecution. Reverend Shorey told the police that about two months before she disappeared, Stacy told him that the night Kathleen died, Drew? she woke up at home and Drew wasn't there. And then he came home, and he was wearing all black. And he was carrying a bag with women's clothes, which he put in the washing machine, and they weren't her clothes. And then he coached her to say that he was with her all night. If she's questioned about it, he was with her all night. 
prosecutors put forward a new theory of Kathleen's death. Prosecutors believe that Drew Peterson broke into Kathleen's house and surprised her while she was home alone and that he assaulted her. drowned her in the toilet. And then put in the bathtub and made to look as though she drowned in the bathtub. The state's attorney then presents new evidence that rocks the court. A history of domestic violence calls. After Drew moved out and in with Stacy. The police were constantly being called. Those two, Kathleen and Drew, were constantly at each other. There was a time when he broke into her house. It was July 2002. He held Kathleen down, pointing a knife at her. And he said, where do you want it? And she said, in the head. But he ultimately couldn't kill the mother of his children. At least at that point. Fearing for her life, Kathleen reaches out for help. Kathleen waited four months after Drew terrorized her with the knife on the stairs before writing a letter to an assistant state's attorney, basically begging for help. In the letter, Kathleen said, he knows how to manipulate the system, and his next step is to take away the children or kill me instead. Drew Peterson's children watch as witness after witness conveys the harsh reality of the monster their father really is. I never really had that aha moment of when I thought he was guilty. But now Stacy's not coming home ever. You know, how could he have not found her by now? You just kind of, you know, you kind of put it all together and you just kind of realize that, you know, maybe he did. Maybe he's not that person he thought he was and... You know, he could be guilty. Despite the strong testimony about Drew and Kathleen's troubled relationship, the lack of physical evidence has the defense feeling confident. Our case was rock solid. They had presented no evidence that tied Drew to this scene, whether you thought it was a murder or an accident. Then, the defense makes a shocking move and calls divorce attorney Harry Smith to the stand. For some reason that... I will never understand. The lead defense attorney decided to call Harry Smith and had Harry Smith testify. His unexpected testimony turns the trial on its head. The sensational trial of Drew Peterson for the murder of his ex-wife, Kathleen Savio, is underway. Drew's son, Stephen, avoids the courtroom as witness after witness paints a dark picture of his father. But with no physical evidence tying Drew to the murder, the defense is feeling confident. Then, the lead defense attorney makes the surprising move of calling divorce lawyer Harry Smith to the stand. 
Harry Smith is a matrimonial attorney in Illinois, and he represented Kathleen Sabio in her divorce from Drew Peterson. Well, he was contacted by Stacy not long before Stacy disappeared. She wanted him to represent her. For some reason that I will never understand, the lead defense attorney decided to call Harry Smith and had Harry Smith testify. Now, they expected Harry Smith to get up there and say that Stacy wanted custody of the four kids and would say anything in order to make sure she got those kids. She'd even lie to make sure. Do you remember his ex-wife? But instead, Harry said that Stacy told him Drew killed Kathleen. That was a bombshell in the courtroom. I mean, everybody was like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" They've just elicited on the stand the defense in their own case that the missing wife said Drew killed Kathleen. This was not good for the defense. But Drew Peterson's defense team has one last witness. Drew's own son, Thomas Peterson. The defense called one of Drew Peterson's five sons, Thomas, who was Kathleen's son. He supported his father, and he said that no one knows his father the way he does, and that he knows for a fact his father could never hurt his mother. Tom definitely wanted to help my dad. I mean, we all did, you know. It's kind of hard to explain that you, you almost don't care what he did or didn't do. You know, it's, it's your dad. You know, you don't want him sitting in prison. As the trial comes to an end and the jury begins deliberations, Drew's children wait for the news that will determine the future of their family. The first thing I see is a tease for the verdict on the news. Drew Peterson, verdict is in. It's coming up after this break. All right, you know, this is years of waiting and wondering and not knowing what's going to happen. In a unanimous decision, the jurors convict Peterson of first-degree murder in the death of his ex-wife, Kathleen Savio. He's sentenced to 38 years in prison. That was, you know, that was... Years of emotions came out of me that time, you know. It was hard to take, you know, because now... Not only is your dad gone, you know, you're losing one of your friend, your dad, your friend, you know, you're... These kids are permanent now. These kids, now these kids don't have any parents, you know. Now I'm it, and this is, this is my life now. There's no, you know, there's no other way. With Drew Peterson's murder conviction, his children must accept their father is a killer. Growing up, my dad was my hero. You know, he led me in the right direction of careers. I wanted to be just like him, and... You know, he was a great guy, and obviously they all changed. Even though, you know, I stuck by him for, I'll still stand by, you know, he's still my dad. But I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and pretend like it nothing happened and that he didn't put us through all this. At times, the struggle is overwhelming. You have those dark days where you just want to end it, you know, eat your gun. But... You know, I would never put that pain. Deny, and I mean, I'd just be putting that pain on my daughter and my siblings now, you know, my other kids. So because of that, you know, I fought through it. Stephen comes through the pain with a new sense of purpose. It took a while to realize where I fit in in all this and, you know, what was my role in life. But then you kind of wake up one day and you realize 
This is my role to give those kids a better life. Thomas graduated from uh, the University of Pennsylvania and he's doing really well for himself. That kid works harder than anybody you'll meet. You know, he's, he's going places. Chris, he's, you know, he's doing well. He's ready to start his life. Sooner or later, he'll find something and, you know, really hit it. Anthony plays hockey. One day, he wants to get to the NHL and become a professional referee. Lacey, there's not a person that goes by, you know, doesn't have something good to say about her and how positive she is and what a sweet girl she is. And she's doing really well. My daughter, she's, you know, she's the light of my life and she's everything. She's my little princess. While Drew Peterson remains locked up in prison for Kathleen's murder, his son Stephen and all his children have found joy again. Through this whole thing, I, I definitely realize people have a lot worse than me. I never want a pity from anybody. I never wanted a handout. I just want those kids to have the best life possible, and if I could give that to them, I'll you know, happily do it. After the trial... Drew's law was repealed by the state of Illinois, even though Stacy Peterson was still considered a missing person. I Lived with a Killer comes from the real crime fans at Reels Channel. To find more original programs like this when you watch TV, go to Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com to find us on your system. You'll also find extras from the TV version of I Lived with a Killer, including tell-all interviews with family members and crime scene photos. You'll get only on Reels Channel.